Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Believe in SDSU Basketball here on the Believe Podcast Network. It's a place with a show for every team in San Diego and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this episode, we will talk Bridgegate. What that means, how that's related to college basketball, and try to make sense of all of that. Um, Probably plus a little Jordan talk. So without further ado, here we go. And as always, if you enjoy the show, please drop a rating on iTunes. We are also available wherever podcasts can be found. Um, Recording this on a Sunday night after watching the final two episodes of the Michael Jordan documentary, Let's Be Real, um, The Last Dance, highlighting the quintessential moment of the 98 NBA Finals um, that everybody is aware, I would imagine, of uh, Michael Jordan hitting that shot over Byron Russell in Salt Lake. Um, but before I get into that, I wanted to talk about um, a news story that broke yesterday, Um this is regarding a potential impact to the entire Adidas scandal. So for those who aren't aware, um, 2018, there was a scandal regarding coaches or assistant coaches at Arizona, Oklahoma State, and USC who were under this ring, I guess you could say, um, trying to promote potential pros um, f- to going to a particular sports management company. And Adidas was involved just because that these are three Adidas schools. And essentially, during this case, um, the defense attorneys were arguing that they broke the NCAA rules but didn't commit any federal crimes when they steered recruits towards particular Adidas schools in return for um, those schools then trying to promote particular sports management companies. However, at the time, the government decided that because some of these universities were funded by the government, it is technically a federal crime because it's impacting things that the government is is funding. So with Bridgegate, what happened was back 10 days ago, I believe, the U.S. Supreme Court, and this is per ESPN, um, tossed out the federal government's convictions of two of former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie's allies, were accused of closing off two local access lanes to the George Washington Bridge for three days back in September 2013 to punish the mayor of Fort Lee, New Jersey for not supporting Chris Christie. And in this ruling 10 days ago, the Supreme Court stated that the defendants didn't, did not defraud the government of its property and thus couldn't be prosecuted for fraud under federal law. And that was 
from Mark Schlebach as of yesterday, May 16th on ESPN. Um, the Supreme Justice Alina Kagan wrote, not every corrupt act by state and local officials is a federal crime because the scheme here did not aim to obtain any money or property. Baroni and, Ke- and Kelly, which were the two um, defendants, could not have violated the federal program fraud or wire fraud laws. So the Second Circuit now wants prosecutors and defense attorneys to explain how this decision could affect convictions of former Adidas executive James Gatto, um, a consultant of Adidas Moral Code, and a business manager by the name of Christian Dawkins, as those three were um, convicted in 2018 for their roles in this pay-to-play, pay-for-play scheme. And to kind of break it down, it, you know, it's kind of like a you scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of thing. These pl- these men would try and convince particular prospects to go to certain schools. And should these prospects decide to turn pro down the road, um, you know, they would show favoritism towards particular sports management companies. They would get the agents and then thus sign and get, you know, whatever they get out of any sponsorships and contracts, et cetera, et cetera. And because back then it was ruled that it's technically a federal offense for these three guys to kind of create this scheme because it involved colleges that were um, funded federally, yet now, as I understand it, what the Supreme Court is saying that here, yes, there were people who kind of blocked a bridge to, um, you know, get back at somebody for not supporting their friend. But it doesn't necessarily mean because they didn't try to get any money out of it. They didn't obtain any property out of it. Um, they were just being utter dicks <laughs> um, and just trying to like, shice the system in a way to just make life hard for somebody to um, get back at them or something like that, whatever. And now the question is, well, in this instance, if we're saying that it's not necessarily going to be a federal crime if we're, you know, doing stupid shit, but um, it doesn't involve getting money in return or property, it feels like a thin line. It doesn't necessarily feel like two things on the same coin, two sides of the same coin. Because one, as far as I understand it, now if there's more obviously that changes my mind or makes this wrong, then then I'll change my mind. But if they're just closing roads off to make life miserable for people, then that's different than convincing a 17-year-old kid to go to a particular school and in return they were going to go to a particular sports management um, company and and if the Supreme Court is saying oh we didn't get any money out of it well at the end of the day they're not exchanging cash but a high rated prospect could bring success to a program which brings more money and in turn then brings more money into the sports management company so 
we're obviously not going to say kid people are property so that's just not that's just out of the question but to say that like because it's just we're we're moving people around and it's not necessarily money exchanging hands well i feel like you're still involving money in the form of just capital or how do i want to say this you're getting money in the form of just eyeballs and ticket sales and any jersey sales for which by the way the players don't get any money out of it that's beside the point and then the source management company then gets money off of their success their marketability their play their contracts sponsorship sponsorship deals etc etc so i don't know um i don't think that there's going to be any development out of this i would highly doubt at least in my mind um how these two would be aligned and and get them to reverse the decision of um the the result in 2018 i mean ultimately at the end of the day i think this is a bigger problem that involves the ncaa having to change their entire rules and their system as a whole as opposed to just three these three people um yeah, I mean, if they change it, I would be surprised. And but obviously, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not. So there's probably more to the story that that I'm not um, privy to. I'm not aware of. Or maybe there's scenarios that I'm not necessarily thinking about. So stay tuned. We'll see what happens, what develops out of this story. But I thought that was a, an interesting thing that happened this weekend. Just um, trying to link these things together, and it's crazy how. Uh, the system works sometimes with regards to um, revisiting acts from 2013 and 2018 and 2020. I mean, to be fair, I mean, this year's kind of sucked and there's a lot of things that a lot of people would rather be doing right now than what we're going through. Um, but it's, we'll see, maybe this impacts college basketball five, six, seven years down the road. I don't know. But moving on, uh, we just wanted to briefly talk about this Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. Uh, one word summary would just be wow. Growing up, I re- specifically remember this last finals, watching the playoff run for those 98 Bulls. Um, and you grow up, you read books, listen to podcasts, watch videos and other documentaries, and you sort of get the sense that players like Michael Jordan, players like Kobe Bryant, you just have to accept that they are part of an asshole in them. And it just so happens that they're so great at it that they can be assholes about it um, and kind of go with the my way or the highway mentality and just let it be that and knowing that you know michael jordan had to sign off on everything that happened and went through in the in the 10 episode series you would imagine there's going to show some some favoritism towards the story of michael jordan but the thing that i really do enjoy is that we got to see a very personal side of Michael Jordan. He didn't really talk about his family outside of his dad's tragic passing. Um, 
but we got to see his how his mind operates and just sort of why he did what he did, what he was thinking at the time, and his unrelenting pursuit of winning. Um, and it's crazy. It's just it was just a mindset that he developed, and he would use anything and everything he had as a slight, and he would exaggerate it as far as he needed to to in order to gain a mental edge. But he also wanted to share it with everybody. He understood that obviously he wasn't going to be able to do it alone. I mean, he tried and he failed and he failed for close to six, seven years. And then he finally cracked through. But the, the overall thing was just, I need to be able to trust people. So I'm going to put everybody through hell so that whatever we go through is a, is a walk in the park. And by the way, if I'm not part of this successful play or the winning play or whatever, it doesn't matter because we win. And it, that's all I care about is winning. I just want to be part of the winning side. And you got to see that when he teared up talking about competition, which is the first time I've ever seen a human being start to cry when talking about competition. You saw his trainer tear up when he was talking about just how he bounced back from setbacks and his mindset approaching every offseason. You got to see his connections with different players, players you wouldn't expect, um, security guards and being in isolation and, and just this new side of him that really showed, at least to me, explaining why he did what he did. And it was unbelievable. The access was great. The audio, the clips, the moments, some of them I, I've, I didn't even know. And it's this side of the ultimate competitor that kind of goes back against or pushes back against the notion that like, you're just an asshole for the entire time, like, or you have it for selfish reasons, or you're just a prima donna, or you are, you know, just out there for yourself and nobody else, and you just got to get yours. And it's interesting to see that. And it makes me wonder, kind of want to revisit other prominent sports figures throughout our lifetime that sort of been held with the same labels of divas and prima donnas and i'm wondering if they saw michael jordan or saw somebody like a michael jordan in their life that thought the same way and how this new notion of hey like i i'm competitive as hell and i want to just make sure that everybody's okay and because when we go through it, it's going to suck but at the end if we win it's going to be great and we just have to be ready for it and let's do it together. And that mindset and how that's going to shift um, competitors moving forward. I mean, we we had the pendulum swing one way with Michael Jordan. And then it kind of swung back the other way with LeBron and this um, team setting AAU. Everybody wants to play with everybody, team up, this, then, the third. And after this, I'm wondering if this next generation in the next 10 years or within the next 10 years, if... If it's going to go back and swing the other way, we're going to start to see people go, I want to have my own legacy. I want to, to create my own thing, but 
I also want to make sure that I have the right people. So just a thought. I mean, it was a great, I probably am going to try to rewatch the episodes somewhere down the line multiple times. But if you haven't seen it yet, I highly, highly, highly recommend you watching it. Um, yeah, so that's about it. As always, if you enjoy the show, please drop a rating on iTunes. Um, you can find us on other places where you can forget your podcasts. Find us on Believe.com and at Believe Sports. I am at underscore N-A-S-G-N-A-K. I took it back. Turns out Kong San San isn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. Very short-lived. But nevertheless, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact us at Believe.com. All right. And that is it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed. And until next time, go have sex. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.